census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Welcome to episode 304 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Ray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here uh, actually in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor um, for the last time for a while. But uh, we are brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you have to make a difficult decision as to whether or not you go back. Generally, people don't because it's that good. And of course, I am not here by myself. I'm joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the uh, Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. You do realize you do this to yourself. Well, I, I cut out like 25 of your nicknames. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You complain about it. No, But I you just, do this to yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it reminds Where me we, of, weren't we were at the vineyard on vacation and you came up with a new one i forget what it was yeah, i don't remember what it is it was like the, the sultan of sangria well you, you've said that before it was it was it was something i don't know it was it was so memorable i forgot it was so memorable neither one of us can recall what it is uh but we are uh here with a very special uh halloween episode or spooky season episode not necessarily halloween and we are joined by two guests this week and we're going to be talking about some... two two guests. Ah ah ah! Oh, that just made that just reminded me of uh, an honorable mention. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so we are joined this week by uh, our friends uh, Rigor of both uh, then then is now. I almost called it this is now. Then is now, and uh, the show that I get to uh, join him on. Uh, the East meets the West. Uh, this is uh, our good buddy, Rigor, who's been on the show a few times. Rigor, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here, man. Oh, of and course. <laughs> well, I mean, we figured this was a, a good place because you are going to be doing your 13 Days of Hallotober, and you are covering all kinds of vampire movies. So we figure since we helped out on some of your shows, we could use your help over here. I was seeing as you're a vampire expert now with all of the films that you've watched over the past couple of weeks. That's true. And uh, we are also joined by a good friend and uh, frequent collaborator, uh, director of the upcoming Abigail, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit about that. Uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Jimmy Lambs. Uh, Jimmy Lambs being short for James Lamont, you know, that guy. Yes. Um, Yes. Hi, guys. Very, very, very excited to be back for my third, fourth, 90th episode of Throw on Thursday. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not a lot. Yeah, you've been you've been on quite That's a few a episodes. Of times. Yeah. Very frequently our live episodes as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You were, you were just on for the 300th, too. I was. It's true. So. For our getting into character question, because. Uh, you guys are both uh, big horror aficionados and, you know, more specifically for this show uh, or this particular episode, I should say, uh, vampire uh, aficionados are our, our getting into character question for this week for you guys. And we'll answer first because you guys haven't heard this yet. If you could have one vampiric power, what would it be? Uh, Ashes, we'll start with you. Well, I don't want to take yours. No, no, you, you're not going to take mine. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to take Because we were talking about this, and I said, oh, uh, well, do you want to know mine? He's like, no. I'm like, well, what's yours? And you said, bat? <laughs> well, I just, I, I love Matthew Barry as, as uh, 
Laszlo. Uh, Laszlo. And <laughs> every time he transforms into a bat, he yells at bat. And just because that's See, I would love to do something like that, but I would love to turn into a cat. So I just yell cat. And then I would turn into this big, fluffy, chubby, chunky, just ball of floof and be really like like the cat on the bed right now yes zombie. yes i want to be that um but no i think the vampire power i would most want is mind control i was thinking about hypnosis myself you know they use it um, quite frequently in uh what we do in the shadows yeah yeah um i i just i feel like uh i feel like i would have the most to gain mm -hmm. or something like that maybe people will actually listen to me in certain settings yeah uh, that would be fantastic. Hey, you should have done what I said the first time around. Um, yeah, that would be that would work on certain places, you know. But also being able to be like, yes, you will buy me a drink at the bar. You know, <clears throat> uh, I feel like I could save a lot of money. And then never talk to me again. Yes, yes, and then never. Yes, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I would definitely want the mind control aspect. See, I would want the uh, nigh invulnerability. So I would, you know, it's like, oh, I, I'm not going to age. Like, I'm not going to throw my back out lifting furniture. You know, like, I'd have that that ability to, like, really recover from. I mean, granted, I couldn't eat garlic bread anymore, like, which would be sad. <laughs> but, but maybe you're not that type of vampire. Well, I would just have the one power. Like, you know, it's not the whole sweet it's, it's like the adobe photoshop you just you just get photoshop you don't need everything you know i don't need you know illustrator and, and pdf editor and all that so uh that's that's what i would go with so uh we'll go alphabetical uh so rigor it's backwards alphabetical rigor, <laughs> we'll go we'll go with you what one vampiric power would you want well, I would go with the power of flight as portrayed um, in a couple of things. One would be sort of like the end sequence of the movie Lost Boys, mm -hmm. um, where they're flying around. In fact, they did it quite a bit throughout the movie, but they really illustrated it in the final sequence. Um, and also on the TV series Forever Night, um, where um, the it's about a vampire cop and he can fly. And um, they finally, I think in the final season, they actually showed him sort of almost flying like Superman. And uh, I kind of like that. Um, so, yeah, I would go with the power of flight. But I had a question for you, Ashes. Um, if you had the power of mind control, why would you settle for making someone buy you one drink? Wouldn't you just say, hey, take care of the tab for me? I, I mean, who's to say I wouldn't use it to uh, attain <laughs> my own vineyard? You there will you sign this vineyard over to me. For free. <laughs> Full free. But, yes, the power of flight would be the, the one I would want. James, how about you? Uh, you know, I've done some recently in, in my life. I've done some very uh, extensive research into vampirism. And uh, I got a hard pass on the whole gig. Uh, the immortality, the flight, the strength, like, that's all cool. But there's a lot of downsides to being a vampire. So I guess, like, my choice for a vampiric superpower would be real simple, like, just don't give me any of the other stuff. I don't want it. I don't want to live forever. I don't I don't want any of that stuff. Just make it so that I can just do whatever the hell I want with anyone. <laughs> um not so much that as uh just I don't know. The it's a, it's a tough gig for me because I I've, I've read so many very sad stories about real vampirism now that I kind of just am really turned off by it even though I'm fascinated by it. It's it's hard. I mean, it's that's hard. fair. I, yeah, I'm, I'm well, sorry. There, I'm not trying no, to bring it down or anything. No, no, no. Like, there's no. It's not like you're. You know, you'd have like you're a full vampire. You like you can just get one of the one of the powers. Oh, like, just one specific no, no, no. power. Yeah, you just get one power that a vampire has. Like, which one to you is the most appealing? Okay. No, I apologize, guys. I sh I was shooting for twelve hours yesterday. I'm like. No, 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 that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, then if that's the case, like, I'm gonna go with the turning into mist thing because I always thought that was just really cool and trippy, and like, I could get into weird spots. Like, I got the space, if you forgot like, your keys. A, if I forgot my keys, 
um that would be perfect or like there's this weird space like where i was rewiring my house by ethernet in my house like i just couldn't reach it like i feel like i could just like whoop, just get on up there wouldn't be a problem so yeah turn it into mist would be cool for me so that would be a hell of a way to leave awkward conversations too yes you just turn Immediate into mist. Like, you know I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> mist. <laughs> mist. <laughs> yeah, would you would you say mist before you turn into mist? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why why wouldn't you? Of course I right. would. That's just <laughs> you have to. Like it's almost like you know, it's the, the flourish. Like otherwise it's like What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Why bother? Yeah, no, Matt Barry has ruined that for every other vampire after him. Like, they have to scream out what they're changing into now. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, oh, it's so good. So good. So, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna take a quick break with that. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna start discussing our top vampires and top uh, you know, I know Rigor has his top vampire films as well that he wants to talk about. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that and uh, so much more. So uh, we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And we're back. So, uh, I don't know what ad we just played there because I haven't, uh, I didn't, uh, I, I don't know what trailer we're going to play yet, what music. I don't know. We'll probably just play like that that typical Dracula Toccata D thing. <laughs> I forget what the name of it is. Um, Fugue, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, I'll probably just play that because, you know. People hear that and they think vampires. So, Rigor, I know you were very, very excited about this, and you yes. included a uh, a movie, your favorite vampire movie as well. So yes. that's something for everybody to kind of think of while we're while we're waiting. But James, I know you had your uh, top ten list before I finished asking you for your top ten. So we're gonna we're gonna start with you. I sure did. Uh, so who my top ten vampires? You... Yes, my top ten vampires. Um, let's think. Let's go. Where where are we gonna start? Where are we gonna start? My top, my number one vampire of all time is Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night. That is number okay. one. If you guys aren't, Fright Night's my favorite vampire film ever made. Okay, That's so that that little... answers that other question too. The original. 
The original Fright Night. Yes, we're not talking about Colin Farrell as a weird construction worker. No, Chris Sarandon <laughs> and all of his theatrical glory. That's 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 Jerry Dandridge. And I don't know. There's just something about that vampire man. He encompass he encompasses all of the aspects of what a vampire should be, in my opinion. Um, he's smooth. He's he's the smooth talking, just really like badass kind of guy that gets the girl and he does all the really sexy stuff but at the same time he also turns into this like unspeakable unfathomable monster unspeakable so, unfathomable monster yeah basically <laughs> and that's basically how how roddy mcdowell would have sold it too if he had that line in the movie as peter vincent so but yeah no jerry dandridge man that's number one i would say number two would be the gary oldman version of dracula because again, I uh, I saw a meme earlier today that said, uh, "Yeah, no, nobody from the 1992 Dracula film has aged in 30 years. Probably nothing to worry about." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for one, that movie is just a visual feast. The cinematography going on in that movie is absolutely incredible, and. But his his performance of Dracula, even over Bela Lugosi's or anybody else's, and Dracula, you know, being the OG mainstream vampire, it's just captivating all the way through. Like you you know he's a monster and you know he's capable of horrible things, but you can't help but feel bad for the guy all at the same time. Like perfect, perfect, perfect vampire. Three, Christopher Lee as Dracula. <laughs> Because he just, mm, he had it before Gary Oldman had it. He, he he had his own way of doing it. And obviously, like, the Hammer Dracula films were all kind of campy and silly. But he in there was not campy and silly. Like, he was selling it. Everything else around him felt campy and silly. Four. Yeah, David that's fair. Lost, yeah, I, I think so. Four would definitely be David from Lost Boys to... to build off of what Rigor was saying before with the flight thing. Again, it's just like, you just embody a character, and like, the guys that really embody a character of like, what I feel like a vampire should act like in, in, in a specific setting, and I think it's more interesting when it's in a modern setting, and they're acting older than they actually are, and they find that, that magic that actually makes you feel like this person's been alive for a really long time. And David does that to a friggin' T in The Lost Boys. Like, Max, Max, you don't really get that with Max. You only know he's a vampire for, like, eight minutes. And then, you know, that's whatever. But David, he sells that. He sells the villain role in that the whole way through. Number five would definitely, absolutely, positively be Radu from Subspecies, from Full Moon Features, if anyone's uh, familiar. Oh, yeah. And his hope. Love him. Yeah, Anders Hove. Um, again, like, this one's more about the visuals of him. Like, he just looks terrifying. <laughs> it, it's not so much about the performance so much as just, like, his hands and, like, what Ted Nicolau did with the gaffing and the shadow work in that movie to, like, make him feel really imposing and kind of omniscient, even though it was, like, on a really, like, tight, small, indie film B-movie budget. It, it, there's really a lot that they did with the character, even though it was it was on the cheap. And I always thought that that was just really cool. And Radu, he's just he's just a badass. He really is. Um, You want all ten? You really want ten? <laughs> well, I mean, we can, we can start with five for now, and then... Okay. Uh, okay. All right. But yeah, no, that's definitely the top five. That's definitely the top five. All right. Uh, Rigor, let's go with your top five. Sure. Um, do you want me to uh, go in reverse order or start number one? Follow your heart. Okay, I'm going in reverse order. I'm gonna I'm gonna go <laughs> against the grain here. Uh, for me, at number five, it was a tie. Actually, it was uh, Tom Hiddleston's Adam and Tilda Swinton's Eve from Only Lovers Left Alive. I just I had them tied as well. <laughs> you couldn't pick one without picking the other. You know, it was just that movie is just candy for the eyes and and. You know, it's visually beautiful, and their performances are, are equally as amazing. 
um, I just, uh, you know, you guys turned me on to that movie. We we covered it over on Then Is Now podcast, and I just fucking love that movie. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so I fucking How love that. How dare you? <laughs> Have I met the minimum quota yet? <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that I I think those two um, are equally great as vampires. Um, coming in number four for me would be the actress uh, Marianne Morris, who plays the character Fran from the movie that we talked about off mic. It's called Vampires from 1974, and that's Vampires with a Y. Um, she's just this hot lesbian vampire, and she really sells the role. Even though she's dubbed and it's not her voice in the film, I didn't notice that at all, and it wasn't until I did the research on the film that I, I discovered that. But she just like is mesmerizing as this vampiric character in the film. And um, that's one that I highly recommend. Uh, for me, number three would be uh, William Marshall as Blackula in the black exploitation horror film from 1972 of the same name. He also came back to do a sequel called Scream, Blackula Scream. And uh, Pam Greer was in that one. But he's just got this this presence, this, you know, this gravitas. He's got this super deep voice. And um, man, he sells it. He's he is like the badass badasses of badasses uh, of Dracula performances. I think he's really awesome. Yeah, um, you you just reminded me of the. Uh, sometimes the Simpsons will have like like little cutaways of like stuff that they're watching. Like one yeah. of my favorite is Colonel Dracula joins the Navy. And it's like <laughs> like oh Colonel, are you in? Blah! Like that that was the whole clip. But they had one. It was a. Uh, Blackula meets Black Dracula, and they were going up against this guy who was like trying to buy something. And he's like, I'm gonna turn it into a hockey rink. And they're like, You mean a honky rink? And then like they attacked him and drained him of his blood. <laughs> and like that was the entire clip. But hilarious. As soon as you said that, that's what I thought of. And you know, Blackula is a film, it's genuinely scary. I mean, actually, you, you know, Vampires is also has a lot of scary moments in it. And Blackula, they, they, especially they do this kind of slow motion with the vampires in it that it's like to this day, that movie, you know, there are parts that really scare me. Um, so coming in at number two for me would be, of course, the Bela Lugosi Dracula from the Universal Films. I mean, you know, obviously the novel kind of started it all, but in the movies, in my mind, it was Bela Lugosi's performance as Dracula that really kicked things off. And, you know, he it's um, he only played Dracula twice. He came back to play it again in Abbott and Costello meet um, Frankenstein in 1948. The first film was 1931. And man, he kills it both times. He j you just love him as Dracula. He's really got that presence. I mean, he had played the character on stage for quite a few years before he got the role in the film in 1931. And, um, you know, he sort of set the standard by which subsequent Draculas would, you know, have to live up to. And then, of course, as James mentioned, in my number one slot would be Christopher Lee's Dracula from the Hammer films. Um, they did nine films, seven of which he was in. Uh, he wasn't in Brides of Dracula. And, of course, Pat, as you know, he wasn't in Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. But He was not. Christopher Lee was. Yes. I'm not Christopher yeah. Lee. Uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing was. That's right. And, um, you know, he was in uh, Dracula or over here. It was known as the horror of Dracula because Universal like threw a hissy fit. And they were like, no, you can't use that name. And then uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Dracula has risen from the grave. Taste the blood of Dracula, the scars of Dracula. And then we get into the modern times where it was Dracula, A.D. 1972. And then the final film was the satanic rites of Dracula. And, you know, for all their faults, the, the Hammer films are awesome. And they've also sort of took they took the universal characters and brought them into full color with bright red blood and just made these amazing films. I think it was his second film, Prince of Darkness, um, where Christopher Lee hated the dialogue in it and refused to say anything. So Dracula doesn't talk at all in that movie. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, too. But he, he plays it as this feral kind of Dracula. You know, he's got the um, the red bloodshot eyes, and, um, and but yet the, the chicks just fall at his feet practically. So um, in my mind, he's the number one Dracula. He's just awesome. I mean, that's not a bad choice. I'm glad that so far uh, there's been no overlap, and you've only taken one off of my top ten. 
<laughs> and that was I also had uh, Tilda and Tom at right. number nine. So, Ashes, you want to go next? Uh, so there is a there is some overlap in my list, and I'm going to keep it in because they're fantastic. But uh, in no particular order, I have first on my list Marceline, the Vampire Queen from Adventure Time. She is such a really unique and just all around awesome character. She does have some of the typical vampiric traits, but uh, think of it more, you know, on par with uh, a vampire for, for kids, you know, for the most part, but she's, she's punk, she's edgy, she plays guitar. Um, she has issues with her family that are played out in a really uh, interesting and, and really great and smart way. She's just a really cool character. Um, Next on my list is Adam and Eve from Only Lovers Left Alive. And the reason why I'm keeping this on my list is because it's one of my favorite films. I love these characters so much. And I think it is such a, uh, it's one of those films that when I think about it, I go into, so in the film, when they drink blood, they kind of go into like this euphoric haze. And whenever I think about this film, I too go into that euphoric haze of just like, uh it's so good thinking of the music and the colors and the ambiance and the, the characters, the actors who portray these characters. I mean, Tilda, I mean, I think we, we've established numerous times on this show that I have the hots for both Tilda Swinton and uh, Tom Hiddleston. So the <laughs> fact that these two actors are playing these two characters and the way that they portray these characters, uh, it is just, it is so beautifully done. It's such a, it's uh it's just it's such a beautiful film like i i can't say enough positive things about it and these characters uh you know they're vampires but the way that um the way that they play these vampires they're not necessarily your typical run-of-the-mill vampires they do have some of those stereotypical vampiric traits that we've all come to know uh, but there's something slightly different about them. And I think that's kind of what gives them their edge, what makes them, you know, so different and so unique. Next on my list is Nadia, Laszlo, Nanzo, and Colin Robinson from What We Do in the Shadows. Now, the reason why I put them on my list versus the vampires from the uh, movie. Viago. Viago, uh, uh, Vlad. Uh, Deacon. Deacon, yes, Deacon. <laughs> when you become a vampire, you become very sexy. I call this look <laughs> dead but delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, the reason why I put them is because we've seen more of them uh, throughout the television series. And honestly, if I had to pick one, it would be Nadia because she is just she is a fucking pistol, and I love her so much. And the most recent season, uh, she opens a nightclub like Blade. And, <laughs> And literally what they to, said, you get to see more of her character, which I think is phenomenal because she is uh, Natasha Demetrio is just she's she's hysterical. Like she's brilliant in this role and the way that she just uh, she really just puts up with her her male counterparts like you know she's just kind of over it at this point and she has no issue telling them how over them she is and i just i just absolutely <laughs> love her um next on my list is so i was obsessed with this film for the longest time and i used to watch it constantly it was kind of like a porno to me at times um the Vampire Lestat, played by Pete Townsend from Queen of the Damned. Um, Don't judge me, please. <laughs> hashtag Team Edward. So we're, we're, hold on, we're getting oh, to that. No, shut, shut your face. There is no, this is a judgment-free zone. Nope. I need you to, uh, you can remove your side eye from me right now, mister. Call me Judge Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't be judge Judy over here. Only Judy can judge me, okay? Um, but anyways, I I thought this was such a again an interesting take, and I attempted to read Anne Rice several times. Mm. Um, I like the subject matter that her books are based upon. I find her terribly difficult to read. She's very verbose. Uh, I, I I just it's it's a lot. And if you've picked up any of her books, 
and realized how thick they were, you know, you're probably like, okay, you know, this is a, this is a feat in and among itself. So I, I've never actually read from cover to cover uh, an Anne Rice novel because I just cannot get through, you know, any of the stuff that she she's written. But I do like the films that her, you know, that, that are based upon her, her stuff. Um, and Queen of the Damned is kind of like a culmination of a couple of her books, uh, Queen of the Damned and the Vampire Lestat. So Lestat, at this point, he's a rock star. And it's interesting, like, the, it, it, it's so, ugh, it is so early 2000s. I mean, Jonathan Davis from Korn did the soundtrack. He wrote most of the songs. He did most of the music. I mean, it is so cheesy, uh, campy in that, you know, it's, it, in you know perspective to to that time um but yeah it's just there there's something about uh it's the it was like the beginning is like the the vampires are sexy type thing you know the what true blood kind of piggybacked on you know like we're making vampires even sexier look at the smolder this vampire hat uh <laughs> You know, uh, so so so. Anyways, um, uh, and speaking of Twilight, Gross. next on my list is Edward Cullen. Uh, not necessarily um, for the. Uh, or fell into some arts and crafts supplies. Now I can't go out in the sun. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: I use this glow lotion on vacation. It's supposed to like you know make your look like you're glowing and it's like oh, i'm on vacation i want to be sun-kissed it made me look like a cullen like did. i i was like glittery i'm sitting there i'm like i look like a vampire from twilight uh but anyways i'm 130 um, years old you're 17 okay, we should so hook up regardless we're, we're saying all of the problematic issues that the books and the film have. i've read the books i've watched all the films yes it is it is absolutely terrible the reason why he's on my list is because a i was part of that target audience <laughs> that they were going after uh during that time and yes i watched i read all the books watched all the films brought my sister to the theater to watch them as well so uh you know and her friends and my friends we all went together it was a whole thing so part of it is the memories of camaraderie during that time watching these films but it was such an interesting take on on vampires you know the fact that they're they're not just pale the reason why they can't go out in the sun is because they're sparkly they glitter like diamonds they're like that chick from the x-men the the diamond girl <laughs> you I'm, I'm i'm throwing this over to you to help me because i forget her name uh emma frost emma frost yeah. yes um <laughs> But not only that, you know, they're uh, the vegetarian vampires and the fact that they don't eat people. They actually only eat, you know, they, they kill animals. Is that how vegetarianism works? Well, you know, but they, that's their joke. They're like, we're vegetarians. Like, that's the joke. Obviously, I thought you just drank Bloody Marys. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. I only eat aminals. Aminals? Aminals. Yeah, Why so is Edward calling John Lennon? <laughs> I'm surprised he's not Christopher Walken at this point. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Hey, I only kill animals, you know? Wow. I only no, it's animals. very weird. It's very weird. You're killing the animals. Um, and then I have a... Okay, so I'm just seeing... Yeah, so Edward Cullen, he's on my list. He's there, whatever. Um, and then next on my list, it's an honorable mention. It's the last one on my list. It's The Count from the Muppets, which I think... Sesame for, Street. Uh, well, yeah, Sesame Street, Muppets. He is a Muppet, you. but he was Sesame um, Street. <laughs> I think for some of us, for a lot of us, that was kind of like our first exposure to what a vampire was, this vampiric character who loved to count. I mean, granted, he didn't have any of the typical vampiric traits. He just happened to be He was purple and had teeth and wore a monocle. <laughs> Which I mean, and a cape, and a cape, a big cape. cape. There were bats surrounded. He he uh, he killed Prairie Dawn in that one episode. <laughs> yep, he was like, "Oh, hey, God, how are you doing?" No, he totally no, he killed definitely her. killed her. Yeah, he killed her. He killed what do you think happened to Mister Hooper? Oh, too soon. <laughs> 
I mean, that happened like in the seventies, but still too. No, it happened in the eighties. Oh, was it in the eighties? Yeah, because I remember it happening, and I wasn't around in the (laughs) seventies. Yes, you were. Don't lie. He was just a glint in the milkman's eye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so far you haven't taken any of mine, other than Edward Cullen, Tilda, and Tom. So I'm gonna replace Tilda and Tom with one of my honorable mentions. So number 10 of my favorite vampires, uh, Abraham Simpson from the uh, oh the Simpsons episode <laughs> where they find out he's a vampire and he flies directly into the fridge and knocks his uh, dentures out. So that's number 10. Number nine, a true vegetarian vampire, Bunicula. Oh, Real vegetarian vampire, so Banicula. Number eight, (laughs) Celine from Underworld. Super badass. She uh, defeated Bill Nye, the science guy. uh, Defeated him (laughs) in single combat. Uh, Number seven, Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek in Shadow of the Vampire. Nice. Uh, Number six, Max Shrek from Nosferatu. Uh, number five, Santanico Pandemonium. Yes, okay, yep. Number four, Dracula as portrayed by Richard Roxburgh in Van Helsing. Uh, I knew no one would have that. Yeah. What? That movie, was a, that movie was a car crash, but he was fantastic in it. Right. Like, he was so good. Yes. Uh, Number three, it's Morbin time. Michael oh, Morbius God. is one of is one of the coolest. Like, I'm not talking just like the portrayal of of Jared Leto. I'm talking about like the whole backstory of who he is, like the character, like the the, the comic books. Yeah, his. Uh, you're his about, um, okay, you're talking about the comic book Morbius. I'm okay. talking the character Morbius, uh, which leads me into number two. Blade, another awesome character, which if you uh, there was a deleted scene at the end of the first Blade movie where the director was Morbius and was like way up on a a, a rooftop and just kind of like was there and like Blade saw him and was like, ooh, who's this asshole? Or I don't know, something like that. And number one, my number one vampire portrayal, Duncan Regeer as Dracula in the Monster Squad. Nice. Fantastic. Because it was the really the first list... time... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the rest of my list is pointless. PJ literally took all of my other five. So <laughs> It was just Morbius five times. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 actually, the Jared Leto version. Actually, I'll, I'll just lay it out there. It was Morbius, the comic book character, because he's my favorite comic book character of all time. Blade... All versions of Blade, because Wesley, even the, the movies, movie, comic books didn't matter. They were all amazing. And yeah, Duncan Regeer from Monster Squad and the other two were in there too. Yeah, you took them all. So there you go. We already talked about my other five. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to find like good vampires because you really have to, you have to strike that balance between, it's like trying to find someone to play a good Batman. Like, you have to find that balance because, like, what kind of character are you going to go for? Are you going to do, like, the campy over-the-top? Like, is he going to have an accent? Is he going to be like, look at me, I'm a vampire. You know, is he going to be uh, Leslie Nielsen in Dead and Loving It? Like, is he going to be Jackie Daytona, normal human bartender? Like, you know, who is he going to be? Are we going to be... you know, again, like, is it somebody who's well versed in their abilities? Is it someone who's just learning their abilities? Like, say, Nick from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Nick. Um, <laughs> like, there's a lot of different uh, portrayals. A lot of different. Um, it also depends, I think, on the age of the vampire. Like, somebody who has seen their loved ones come and go for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, and just are isolated and weird, like. You know, Jimmy Stewart and Rear Window, like, kind of combine those two things. Or uh, 
Pearl from Blade 2. No, Blade from the first Blade. Right. Yeah, Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that was a fun take on a vampire. Like, we hadn't seen that one before. Like, the more uh, than 800-pound vampire that couldn't <laughs> get up. It's like all your it strength and agility different. means nothing if you can't move. Right. Uh, oh, another honorable mention, Donnie Yen from Blade 2. Just because I'm such a huge Donnie Yen fan. Oh yeah, good, to- good, t- good, good choice. <laughs> yeah, I just that whole that whole crew was was pretty good. Although there was definitely some crossover between the uh, Blade Two vampires and the Resident Evil creatures we saw in uh, some of the later later ones. Well, the faces and open. Right, Actually, right. I have a fun tidbit about Blade Two. And Gloria okay. del Toro. He originally was signing on to do a motion picture adaptation of the book he did with Chuck Hogan, The Strain. Hmm. They didn't want to do that. They were like, we're going to give you Blade 2. And he was like, that's, I don't want to do Blade 2. And they're like, but we're giving you Blade 2, and that's what you get to do. So he's like, okay, but I'm going to put my vampires in it. <laughs> And that's right, I was going to say that from. about the strain. It's this, like they had the similar, uh, the way the face opens up kind of thing. And I the like tongues it. in the strain are just insanely longer, right? In concept, like they're like three feet long with like a giant dart at the end. And I love the strain. Like the master just yeah. squeaked out on my top ten because I just found more that I like. But I love the whole Strain trilogy. All three of the books were great. The TV show, not so much. I haven't read or watched it. The show is great. You love it, Patrick. You love it. It seems like something I would like. You'd really enjoy it. Especially knowing you as being the literary literary man that you are, you will especially enjoy the books. I know you will. All right. I'm going to have to add that to the list. Um (laughs) So that's pretty good place to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we have uh, some. Uh, we have a new battle, and we have uh, some promotional stuff for uh, these gentlemen that have, are joining us today. Cool, and I still have five more to go over. Oh, oh, Jesus! Sorry, I thought you did all ten. All right, yeah, do your, do your, do your tough, do your. You do them now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, do them now. All right, so there's two crossovers. So my number ten was Blade. Uh, Wesley Snipes, which actually Blade 3 is probably my favorite of the trilogy um, because I just love Ryan Reynolds in that movie. <laughs> um, and a man uh, of culture here. I like his. Yes. <laughs> my other crossover was Jerry Dandridge. He came in at number seven uh, from the original Fright Night in 85 with Chris Sarandon. I mean, he just Im- imbues, you know, <laughs> all the characteristics of vampires as we know them. And uh, I love that portrayal. Um, where he's both sexy and a monster at the same time. Um, at number six, I was a character I mentioned earlier. It's uh, Nick Knight, and that's spelled K-N-I-G-H. it from Forever Knight of the same spelling, as portrayed by Garant Wynn Davies. And it was a great show. I, I think um, uh, a lot of people don't know about it. It ran from 92 to 96, and he's basically this 800-year-old vampire that's so racked with guilt for killing people over the centuries that he he basically tries to work to redeem himself as a homicide detective and he's also trying to figure out how to become human again um and oddly enough it actually the pilot was a tv movie with rick springfield playing the character and i'm glad they recast him because the the, the mm-hmm. actor Rotwin davies does a much better uh portrayal of the character wasn't it on fox no it was on cbs it was part of their prime time after crime time or crime time after prime time thing. It I just felt like it. a like I, I remember seeing the, the commercials for it. I never watched it, but it just felt like a Fox thing. It's like, oh, X Files and the Chris Elliott show and Forever Night. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, for me, number eight was Barnabas Collins from the TV series Dark Shadows. Oh yes. Oh, that's an excellent choice. Yeah, thank you. As, as portrayed by Jonathan Frid. Um, you know, he basically got brought in as as Barnabas Collins because the, the show was failing in the ratings and it basically caused the show to skyrocket and it lasted from like 1966 to 71. Um, so Barnabas is a huge one. And then my number nine and final one was um, the character Marcella Karnstein 
as portrayed by Ingrid Pitt in, um, in the movie The Vampire Lovers. Yes, another lesbian vampire film. It's a Hammer film. It's part of the Karnstein trilogy. And, um, you know, this movie ma made Ingrid Pitt a, you know, a cult figure after this. And, um, you know, there's actually technically this. Well, there's three. And then there's a fourth one that's kind of an honorable mention. There was The Vampire Lovers, Lust for a Vampire. Oh, that was in 1970. Lust for a Vampire in 71. Twins of Evil, also in 71. And then the unofficial fourth film was called Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter in 74, where he also deals with the Karnsteins. And it was interesting because it's too bad that the movie didn't do well because that could have been a series on itself of this dude who's basically a vampire hunter. I dig it. Yeah. Oh, and the only thing we didn't do now that I'm thinking about it is I didn't give you my favorite vampire movie. You oh. got everybody else's. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Monster Squad. Oh, nice. Like, I know it's not a vampire movie per se, but... It has my number one portrayal of a vampire in a movie, so I I, I think, think it counts though because Dracula is the main antagonist. He is. He's the one who sets he everything is. up. Like it's it's yeah. the Monster Squad versus the Squad of Monsters. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's like, like the I, Avengers, but better. Yes. Right. <laughs> technically, I didn't give my favorite film. My favorite vampire film actually is called Vampire Circus, another Hammer film from 1972. <laughs> Um, there's no one particular vampire in that movie that sticks out to me, but it's just this crazy story of this traveling circus and they're all vampires and they prey on the children of the, this 19th century Serbian village. So, you know, you got you got to love the, uh, vampires in, in the 19th century. Serves them right for growing up in Serbia in the 1900s or 19th yeah. century. <laughs> and that's what you I, get. Like, I just want to say something that Rigor is like. I'm really, really, really impressed with how much in the vampire cinema he is. Like, this is like me. Like, I'm that nerdy about it. <laughs> like, he knows everything so far. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm just sitting here listening like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this guy knows what's up. It's amazing. Yes. Respect. Sir. I mean, respect. There, like, there, there is a reason we invited you both on for these like, like so you guys can't see it, but like every movie that Rigor is talking about is literally just, just hang chilling up there, even though you can't read them all. Like all the Hammer films, like it's all right mm -hmm. on that that shelf I'm pointing at. Nice. Every single one, it's crazy. That's it's awesome. crazy. All right, so now we can take a quick break, and when we come back, we have a new battle. We have uh, some uh, some updates and some uh, promotional stuff for uh, these gentlemen. So. Stay where you are. Don't go anywhere. Well, you can go wherever you want. Take take your device with you. You probably listen on your phone, so you can go wherever you want. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkning Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we are back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, discussion about vampires. If you haven't seen any of these movies, uh, chances are, you know, unless you're a, a massive vampire nerd, uh, you haven't seen all of these. And sometimes even if you are a massive vampire nerd, you might have missed out on a couple of these. But uh, make sure you check them out so you can see where everybody's coming from, 
with uh, their choices for their top vampires. So before we get into our battle, we have uh, a couple things that uh, you gentlemen want to promote. Uh, Rigor, let's start with you because you have uh, some stuff that it's... Uh, this is also a little bit of self-serving for Ashes and I because we are involved with both of these uh, both of these productions here. So, uh, Rigor, why don't you start and tell the folks what you got coming up for uh, the month of October? Sure, sure. Uh, so my main podcast is called Then Is Now Podcast, and we talk about pop culture of the past and how it relates today. We also try to help people um, bring younger folk up to speed on all the cool stuff they missed out on. And every October, we do this thing called 13 Days of Hallowtober. And what it is is um, I accidentally mispronounced. I was, I, you know, my brain sort of mashed together Halloween in October and it came out as Hallowtober and it kind of stuck. Um, so for the last 13 days of the month, uh, we pick a theme. I record a bunch of shows and every day we release an episode about, um, you know, the, that particular theme. I think the first year we did, um, it was the scariest, well, what are widely regarded as the scariest movies of all time. Pat, you and I did a couple. I think we did Jaws and The Thing. Yep. On that first year and then last year we did zombie films and then this year it's vampire films and, and the final episode is sort of a dracula roundup where we got a bunch of people that participated in it that were able to get together and uh, we talked about dracula in horror media so so yeah that's what that's what we're doing over and then is now right now no pun intended and, uh obviously we'll get into where we can find you uh, before we let you go and uh james what do you have coming up me? Oh, Me. nothing. Nothing. No big deal. <laughs> nothing. Not doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, as some of your listeners, since we have a lot of uh, cross-pollination and fan bases, may know, I, we, my, my company, it came from the 508 Productions about a month and a half back, announced that we were going to be embarking on our first feature film endeavor. Which just happens to co-star two very lovely people that are right here with me today in this in this wonderful show that are actually host the show. So how about that? It's just strange, isn't it? Isn't that weird um, how that works? Me? It's just me? It's so weird how that works. And that film is called Abigail. And we are currently crowdfunding for Abigail if anybody wants to get in on it. There's a lot of great perks in there that people can go and check out um lots of free stuff free free stuff nothing that's uh things you will get right away is more the way i would put it it's not like you're going to be sitting there waiting for posters and blu-rays and t-shirts for like when we finish production and all that stuff it's stuff that if you donate to us you will get within a week of that we have a lot of that up for grabs um and yeah, Abigail is just God. I don't even um you guys can tag in at any point where you want to help talk about Abigail. Um spoiler free if you can. But uh God, uh it is, how do it I is word unlike this? anything you've ever seen. It is uh, I've been describing it to people as getting back to the roots of gothic New England horror. Like that real is old the best Testament way I could explain. Shit. That is the best way I could explain it. it. Yes, it is absolutely a vampire film for fans of the genre. That's the best way I could put it. People that are getting kind of sick of seeing every new vampire, Not no offense to the Blades and the Underworlds of the world, but anyone who's just seen where vampire movies have gotten to now and gone... You know, I kind of miss it when it was just a really, 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 really scary time. And I don't think we've had a really scary vampire movie in a really long time. That's kind of more traditional to the roots of what a vampire is. So that's what we're trying to do with Abigail. But to be say, to say this is your atypical vampire film, it could not be more wrong in the same breath. It is not. We are. We took everything, deconstructed the entire myth. And built something that I don't think anybody's ever seen before. Not to toot our own horns, as far as like a film goes in in the subgenre, while maintaining being really, really true to the tradition of the mythology, which is also really strange. But somehow we've pulled that off with the with the script, and we're trying to get the money to make this movie happen. And I hope that you know you guys help us out. <laughs> It'd be great. 
Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've had a lot of folks uh, on the show you know, helping to support their their different uh, crowdfunding projects and endeavors, and you know, this one definitely. Uh, I think this is the first time that we're doing something that we're directly involved in. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's one of those things that obviously we would be promoting the hell out of this and wanting to, you know, help out in any possible way because we love what you do. We love what you bring to the table and we believe in everything that you do. We believe in your art and, you know, what you create. But the icing on the cake for us is the fact that we are also involved in this. So not only, you know, do we want to see you succeed, but we really want to see you succeed. You know, we want to help you raise as much money as possible so we can help make this film the best possible film that it could be and even better than that hell yes and right. i just want to say to the re to the listeners out there pj and ashes have been nothing but an absolute godsend to this production they have been amazing all the way through super supportive tons of feedback the ideas the talent involved like oh my god like just you wait until you see what they do with these characters. Holy crap. It's going to be amazing. It really is. And I try not to toot my own project's horns that loud, but it is. It's, it is. It is. And they're going to steal the show. <laughs> We're very excited for this. Like, yes, you have you have no idea. It's, uh, it's, it's beyond. Like, we're we, already excited and we, you know... <clears throat> We haven't even stepped on set yet. You we know? had a, a random back and forth in character yesterday that like, I was like, oh my God, this dialogue needs to go in. There's one specific thing that I said, I'm not going to ruin it uh, for people listening, but there's one specific thing where uh, my character's manhood was challenged and I came back with a, a, a retort. <laughs> a witty retort, as they say. Oh, it's, yeah. I, I can tell you guys off air. It's, uh, I've already, I've already experienced, I've already gotten the pleasure of experiencing so much of the ad libbing that you guys are doing with the characters that it's just like, I'm gonna have a really hard time deciding what to cut and what to keep. I can already, oh, tell you. I can already. There's tell. gonna be like, it's gonna be like the, uh, the 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 Legend of the Anchorman Blu-ray where like they could have had two movies with all the outtakes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's exactly <laughs> what I'm predicting. Is that between you guys and like that's that's another part of Ab before I don't want to drum on Abigail forever, but before we go, the other part I want to talk about is the fact that horror movies don't seem to be seem to be afraid to be fun now. Everything in most horror movies I see is like dark, bleak, dark, bleak, and it's like if it's all dark and bleak and miserable and slow and scared and trying to be scary, quote unquote. When are you actually scared? If you're constantly in that mood, like where's the up and down? What we're trying to do with Abigail is we're trying to make Abigail fun, which is something that I don't think a lot of horror movies really try to do anymore. This is going to be a fun, funny, scary, scary time all at once. Nice. And it's going to be freaking great. It's going to be a lot. It's a lot of fun. And like these two wonderful people have been such so instrumental into bringing it even to where it is now, which, you know, we're only in pre-production. We're still like six months from even shooting it. But just like I don't even think it would be where it is now if it wasn't for Pat and Ashes. So this is this has just been just such a lovely experience so far. Well, we, we appreciate yeah. that. I just, I, I can't like I, to say that I'm excited is an understatement. It really is. Like I, I cannot, I cannot wait, cannot wait to bring these characters to life, and and help you achieve your vision. So let's get into our battle because we have a nice vampire battle. But if we have a new battle, we have to play the battle theme. And it doesn't want to play again. Any day now. One of these times, I'm going to click that and it's going to start exactly when it's supposed to. <laughs> It will happen at some point. Okay, so today we are throwing down Clash of Clans 
which coven of vampires and their familiars has what it takes to rip their opponents apart and be the last one standing. You could choose from the vampires from the Lost Boys, the Cullens, the vampires from What We Do and the Shadows, the television series, or the vampires from 30 Days of Night. Ooh. Ooh. That's a that's a curveball at the end right there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, I know who's gonna take oh, maybe I don't know who's gonna take this. That's a that's a curveball. Yeah, I mean, that's a you good can one. get you can get really imaginative with you know who you think is gonna take it and why. I mean, maybe maybe Laszlo and maybe Colin Robinson lulls them into all into boredom. It's entirely possible. And just sucks the energy out of all of them. <laughs> Talking hey, about hey, programming. Hey, you, know, you know what? Hey, you, you know what? Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to thank uh, both Rigor and uh, James for being with us today. Uh, Rigor, where can folks find your, uh, your delightful shows? Awesome, awesome. Well, I have three shows now. Uh, and a fourth one, which is a live streaming show. But uh, then is now podcast. Uh, and, well, they're on all the podcasting apps. Uh, and, and if you search it, look, add the word podcast, then is now podcast, because a lot of people look and they get like all these then and now shows. And it's really bizarre. Uh, but the easiest way to find them would be to go to my website, which is Haven Podcasts. That's plural dot com. And you'll also find my other show that Patsy co-hosts with me called The East Meets the West. As he mentioned previously, we discussed Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films and Spaghetti Western movies. And my new show is called The Cult Lounge, in which um, I've teamed up with uh, award-winning blogger Robert Monell, and we talk about all cult movies all the time. So basically, the best way to find us is havenpodcasts.com. Awesome. Uh, James? God, this list just keeps getting bigger. Um, okay, so <laughs> for the company, you can find us at it came from the com. It came from the five productions on Facebook. It came from the five oh eight on Instagram. It came from the five oh eight on Twitter. Um I think that's it. I don't think we added anything this week. Um there is a Twitch stream coming soon. That I'm pretty excited about because I get to helm that. That's going to be cool. So look out for us on Twitch. Uh, personally, you can get in touch with me at James Lamont on Facebook, or I'm not that I'm not sure why you would want to, but um, or James Lamont sucks on Instagram. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all of it. I think that's all of it. Sure. Okay. So once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, I think with that being said, we, we will. will. See, See you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.